Straight out of Gibraltar, sponsored by Coca-Cola. Welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, bringing you interviews and all the best music from the Gibraltar music scene. Hey guys, welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, brand new episode, and it's Monday. We could be prouder to actually have a new guest and obviously to talk about local music. And go a bit, a bit further from local music today, because actually our guest has actually ventured out and actually done very well for himself as well. So. We're very grateful to have him, and we're very humbled to have him at the same time. We'd like to welcome, from One Minute Silence, Glenn Diani. Glenn, welcome. Hi, thank you very much, John. Thanks very much for having me and for the invitation. you so, today, Glenn. Obviously, this pandemic has driven and driven everybody crazy, but I think most musicians will be very glad that the pandemic has happened because it's had the creative juices flowing all the way through. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you, you need uh, an instigator, you know, to uh, to get the mojo. But... Um... I don't know, to be honest, pandemic or not pandemic, if if you look out the window and you walk down the streets, I mean, there's enough mojo there, you know. Um, I mean, it depends what you sing about, but, you know, if you're sort of uh, conscious about the world and, uh, you know, and you want to find out how it runs, because for me personally, it's like um, every single bit of me um, tells me that I'm designed to be free. Yeah, and I'm a slave, so I need to find out how my cage is made because it's it's an economical cage rather than a you know one made out of a you know bricks and mortar and, a, and bars you know. So for me, it was all about um, you know why am I in this cage? How come I don't get to choose? Yeah, what I want to do with my day. Um, if I'm really free, can I not get a plot of land and build a little house there? I have to tie. Oh, no, but, you know, we've got choices. Well, you've got a choice between Barclays Bank, NatWest, this and the other to tie yourself for 25 years or 30 years of your life just to provide the shelter, you know. 
Um, so it's not really a choice. You know, choosing between Coke and Pepsi is not really a choice, you know, um, and so on. So, so when you're on that journey of discovery, if you want, you know, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, inspiration for music there. It tends to be uh, quite dark music, which suits me just fine, because that's the music I love. I love uh, music that's really dark, and the more miserable, the better, you know. You give me uh, Nick Drake and Leonard Cohen and all these people, you know, and they cheer me up, you know, um, or, or any of the loud stuff, you know. So anybody who's, uh, you know, really melancholic and stuff like that suits me just fine. You know, so um, my music tends to reflect, you know, that thing, if you want. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, pandemic and no pandemic, I've always got stuff to <laughs> <laughs> stuff to analyze, dissect and, uh, and challenge. And that's one thing most, most musicians have been telling me that they've been able to perhaps reflect more as to what life is all about as well. It's not just yeah, yeah. working 95 or even not working 95, but focusing on your music. And to write about what's going on in the world. I think it's a crazy time right now. And obviously, once everything pretty much is set in stone, if that's maybe the right time to use, you would think, oh, let's talk about maybe one time I went to the bar and the bar was closed. Or it could be like going to the shops and finding like most shelves are empty and taking that for granted that when you, when you would actually go to the shop and finding everything yeah. full. And it's stuff like that that make, make, makes musicians, or not even musicians, like poets or anybody related to the field reflect and be inspired by in every sense of the word yeah i mean the one thing more than toilet paper <laughs> way more than <laughs> toilet paper because people were going mad and i couldn't understand it the thing i missed the most is contact um, yeah you know above all else we are beings of belonging you know and the touch is what makes us human you know and i miss that i miss not being able to when I see a friend giving me a hug and, you know, like uh, whether it's fist bumps and high fives or, you know, just contact or when you're having a laugh with somebody, you just grab them by, <laughs> by the shoulders, the neck or, you know, yeah. anything like that. And there's none of that. And, uh, and that's kind of uh, what, what you miss the most, you know. So, um, one second. Um, I'm doing this interview now. Yeah, so... Cool. I'm just letting my uh, son know because he's just going to come in and uh, no worries. he's noisy. <laughs> 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 you know, so just a bit of a warning. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, like that to me, it's like, you know, I haven't had close contact with people, you know, and it's the thing that was most um, surreal if you want, you know, I really yeah. miss that, you know. Um, so, but I mean, like everything else, I guess to a, to a certain degree, I mean, I'm not a consumer, so I don't really miss going shopping and stuff like that. Um, live concerts, I had some tickets to see some concerts and they've all been cancelled. So, One of them was Nick Cave. So um, in the last few weeks, I've been listening to Nick Cave over and over like oh, I'm supposed to see them and um, I've got a couple more that haven't um, been cancelled yet but they might, one of them is the Black Crows uh, which I've seen before a great band and Suede as well uh, great band um, obviously I'm a big David Bowie fan 
So, um, and suede is, you know, <laughs> they're very Bowie-like. So if I yeah. can't see David Bowie again, you know, um, I'll settle for suede. Well, not settle, because that sounds like a like a bad word, you know, because I like suede in their own right, yeah. you know. Um, but I mean, Dogmonster is the best David Bowie album that he didn't write, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. So um, I'm hoping that's in September, those two. So I'm hoping they don't get cancelled. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. I'm touching a lot of wood. That, that <laughs> so we're going to rewind a little bit and hop, hop on a... I want to say metaphorical, metaphorical time machine. Obviously, the fact that you do, you do come from Gibraltar, you performed with the best of the best from very young. So, what was it like back then for you to venture out into the local music scene and actually not even get to perform, but actually the fact that most local album um, artists, local bands then were able to record as much as they do now. But back then, it was a rarity for people like Electric Gypsy and even just to record an album. So, what was it like to venture out into that world at first? Um, to be honest, you when you live in the moment, you don't really think about the stuff that you're doing. You know, it's only in retrospect that you go like, "Oh my God!" You know, because uh, when I was in Electric Gypsy, I was really young. You know, I think I was about sixteen or seventeen. You know, obviously some of the members were were older, and um, actually I was the youngest one in the band. You know, so even going to England. Um, you know, um, with Dennis uh, to to record um, was like, you know, a big deal. You know, like yeah. it was, you know, oh my God, we're going to England. That's that to me was the dream. If the dream had finished there, that was good enough. You know, because I always sort of, um, you know, um, envisioned myself going to England to record. So, but the thing is. That's not the starting point ever. The starting point are little, um, little contributions that people give you. That yeah. I, I spend my life, you know, when people used to ask me, "Who are your influences?" and I always used to say, "Iron Maiden and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath," you know, um, and what have you. But then I realized, not that long ago, you know, in the last few years, I realized that yeah, they were my influences, but they didn't have the biggest impact. The biggest impact were, you know, um, I had them from local bands. You know, I think the biggest impact I had as a kid was from Stephen McLaren. One Thank of my you. biggest, hands down. And I th I'm not sure if I've ever told him this or not. And, you know, because the last few times I've been there, I haven't seen him, I haven't bumped into him, I'm having, you know, but if I haven't, I will next time you know because it dawned to me like you know i was younger than him so he used to allow me to go into the rehearsal room and that was the first time i'd ever seen you know because I, I already had a, a guitar but it was like a sort of cheap you know branded stuff you know but that's the first time i'd ever seen a ibanez destroyer you know who wow. was you know, and uh, Fender Precision, and you know, what I mean, like these guys already had equipment and marshals and what have you, you know. So that for me was like, and the fact that they let me watch them rehearse and they used to do covers of uh, Phantom of the Opera by Iron Maiden and stuff like that, you know, and that to me was like, oh my God, yeah, I couldn't hear the difference between them and Iron Maiden. You yeah. Know? I, I'm not saying that there was or there isn't. I, 
to me, it was as good as, you know. So then people like um, uh, Jade, remember the band Jade? Yes, I do. Yeah. I grew up around them, so I know them quite well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Pepe and uh, Lauri and, and Brian especially, um, those three, I mean, I got on the most. Uh, they let me a few times as a kid go and see them, but I could hear them in the Cuarenta Principales. Yeah. You know? Um, I remember when we used to travel to see my uh, family in Spain or or just a day out or whatever when I was a kid, I'd sit in the back of the car and the radio was on and all of a sudden the song would come on. That to me was like, you know, yeah. a, a, as good as it got. And um, especially Brian and, and Lauri, they were two of the biggest, two, two of the people who've had the biggest impact on me. Um, simply because they were married guys with families. I didn't understand that at the time, you know. Um, and every single time that we needed to record on a four track and stuff like that, these guys would leave their families behind to help the little kids record. You know what I mean? Like not many yeah. grown adults would do that, you know. And and the thing is, I bump into the wives and stuff like that every now and then, you know, when I go back. And they've never made me feel like you took my husband from me, you and your stupidity or you and your little yeah. games, you know. But they did that and they did that for a whole weekend, maybe, you know, and they bring their equipment and they never ask for money. And so the, having those first few demos, because sometimes the journey like if you dangle the carrot like too far away there might yeah. not be an incentive but the fact that were there all these little nibbles on the carrot so to speak yeah <laughs> that they recorded my my first demos you know in gibraltar and that actually made me sort of like oh imagine recording it in a proper studio and remind you know and so on and so on so that gave me that extra motivation that i needed because you have to remember, there was no YouTube, there was no computers to everybody's got Cubase and Logic and Pro Tools nowadays and what have you, you know. In those days, there was nothing. And there was nothing really that you could learn from. I know there was a little music shop in Gibraltar and it sold music books. But that was like learning Greek or Latin, yeah. you know, like <laughs> What do you mean these notes here? And I had to go, every good boy deserves Fanta. Every time I wanted to suss out what note it was. And I went, that to me was like a chore. It wasn't a pleasure. And I seeked pleasure. So being allowed to be in the room with these people and watching what the fingers were doing and every now and yeah. then asking questions, you know, and then having them come and record the the songs and what have you had the biggest impact ever you know so um and uh, a mention as well to charlie shappy because yeah. um i don't have many teachers that i had a good experience with you know some of them have actually got uh a, you know along a bit better after i left school but um you know when i was in school obviously i you know, I had plan A, you know, and school was everything about, you know, making my plan A, plan B. And it's like, no chance, you know. But um, 
I remember he came the last six months I was in school. And again, he let his family, um, you know, in the house and he came to my rehearsal room when at the time it was, it was kind of three quarters of dirt. It was a band called Rebel Yell and it was me, Adrian and Brian. Um, Danny hadn't joined in yet. Um, you know, so the, he came and recorded us for what was going to be my GCSE or, or whatever it was, a school project or whatever. And he came and recorded a, a demo for me. And again, that had a massive impact on me, yeah. you know. Um, so then uh, we had Rebel Yell, then we had uh, Dirt. Um, no, I think Dirt. No, sorry, we had Nasty Habits, which was with Danny as well. Uh, then a few other things happened, and then we had Electric Gypsy. Um, Electric Gypsy again, I can't sort of, even though a lot of the music and stuff like that, you have to remember we were really young, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's not that the songs were bad or not, I, but um, sometimes I think like they were kind of a bit, you know, um, beginner stage, not beginner stage, that's a bad word to, to say. Um, for me personally, as a growing writing songs and, and playing bass and what have you, they were kind of, you know, um, not too adventurous, but they were good. They were, they were all right, you know, and we played it well, you know, um, but obviously Alan was older and I had more experience. So his contribution to it, you know, was a bit more polished than we were. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 You know? um, and uh, some of it has dated quite badly, but, um, but it was my first experiences of playing in Spain, um, which that to me was a big thing, you know, because we didn't want to... we. We knew if we stayed in Gibraltar, we were never going to do anything because yeah, there, there were no record companies. That's the, yeah. the reality of it. You know, if you want a record deal, you have to go where the record companies are. And if you want a crowd, you have to go where crowds gather. And Gibraltar, um, the rock scene, especially at the time, you know, it was a handful of people, you know. So yeah. and there was a rock concert, it was like, you know, very thin on the ground. So uh, we started going to Spain um, and then uh, we recorded um, in, in Seville. We did a demo and we did a demo with um, Jose Mari who was, um, who, who used to play for Triana. Okay. So that was a selling no point. No better than that. Who better? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was a selling point in itself because um, even though I wasn't like super deep into Triana, which now I am, but I knew all the their the main songs and, and what have you, you know. So, um, you know, that to me was like a, a really big thing. And the studio looked professional. You know what I mean? It was like the first time I'd seen like a big console up near and what mm -hmm. have you. So, and then we went to, to, to record with Dennis, which was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, you know, so my memories of Electric Gypsy you know, I have really fond memories. Um, and then, you know, the bands play up kind of thing. Um, you know, there was, there was a couple of uh, situations uh, came up, you know, and then, um, the, you know, Alan, parted, we parted ways with Alan or Alan with us or however you want to see it. To be honest, I wasn't even going to 
do anything after that because I was already, my mind was, I'm saving up to go to England. So I didn't want the hassle yeah. of, of doing another band in Gibraltar. But, um, but Danny, Adrian and, and Brian, you know, say like, oh man, let's carry on, you know, we'll carry on with Adrian singing and we'll make it heavier because our tastes were, you know, we always le- lent to uh, to something a bit heavier and noisier and whatever, you know. And then that's when Dirt happened, which again, I have amazing memories of Dirt, you know, I think it was the first Gibraltar Day, um, you know, the first national uh, Gibraltar Day that they put a big stage on the on the casement square and we played there and it was the first time in gibraltar we had a really big audience yeah. you know um so that was bags full of fun yeah, um, man. i don't know how we sounded i don't know how how we played i just know there was a party atmosphere and that was good enough for me if i was there <laughs> to entertain you know um I think we did the job, you know. Um, my my memory of that day, I don't know why, was uh, playing a cover version of the song No Limits. I can't remember, we used to sing it too unlimited or something like that. And it was a pop song, but we did like a really disgusting, foul, <laughs> punk version of it, you know. But I, yeah, yeah, I remember it being uh, absolutely great, you know. So, and then... Um, you know, as that band was dwindling, uh, dwindling, you know, me and Danny were saving up to, to come to England, and that's what we did. And originally planned, we were going to sort of play together in a band. And, um, you know, then we decided that it was going to be really hard to get the members, this and the other. And we decided, shall we go separate ways? Even though we lived together, and me and Danny still, to this day, really close, you know. Um, so I saw uh, an ad looking for a bass player and the influences seemed all right. Um, I mean, I auditioned for, uh, phoned a few ads and what have you, you know, but this one felt right. And I went there and met the guys, heard a, a couple of the songs uh, and that's all it took. You know, I, I knew I, I wanted in and they were really happy with my audition and my attitude and what have you. And we started uh, writing and within a few weeks we were gigging amazing when that happens yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is you have to remember almost anyone can can learn to play an instrument you know um so there's always going to be people who can play super talented and what have you but what you need is the work ethic the the the, the attitude the commitment the you know, like uh, today I'm not rehearsing because it's my cousin's nephew's niece's uh, birthday. Like, really? You know, and next week I'm not rehearsing because uh, I'm going to the cinema. And there was never any of that. All of a sudden, like, I realized, like, you know, it was a different wavelength, if you want, you know, like, yeah. you know, I mean, there's, a, there's always time wasters everywhere. You know, so it doesn't matter where you go. But there was a lot of people who were very committed and involved. And all of a sudden, I saw that I had to up my game, if you want. You know, like, oh, this is how bands do it. So we were gigging loads. Um, We weren't even trying to get a record deal or anything like that, you know. Uh, We were just playing. And for whatever reasons, 
the word got out, people started coming, people started calling the friends. Next thing we know, we were um, filling up venues, you know, without having a record deal. And out of one of those concerts at the Maquis Club, which now no longer exists, it's probably uh, Starbucks or, <laughs> you know, one of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've replaced culture with plastic, you know. Yeah, I think CBGBs now is like a Taco Bell. It doesn't matter what they are. It's one of them, you know. But um, out of uh, a concert at the Marquis, one, I think it was like a Thursday night or something like that, and it was freezing outside, I remember. And um, one of the journalists from Metal Hammer came down. And after the gig, he came and he said, I wasn't expecting this, like, oh my God, you know, because the crowds were going mad already. We were building a reputation of being a live band. And, um, you know, like it had the punk energy, even though we weren't punk, but our concerts had that energy, you know. Yeah. And uh, this guy wrote a glowing review and then we passed him the demo. He reviewed the demo and so on. And bit by bit, you know, uh, Metal Hammer got on board. Then all of a sudden, like other magazines started getting on board and Kerrang and what have you. And we were we were doing some really cool gigs. And then one day in the smallest, you know, like dive that there was, uh, it's called the Red Eye. And it wasn't even a very good place. And, um, you know, like it was a uh, loads of bands on the bill that day. And anyway, we played, the stage was tiny. So there was no room to do anything on stage, but we did the best. <laughs> <laughs> and after the gig, this guy came up and he said, oh, my name's Steve. I'm from B2, you know, he worked for Virgin for Richard Branson's uh, label. And he said, uh, I, you know, I love the band. You guys look like caged animals and this, that, and the other. And I said, well, sign us and he said i will and kept his word he signed us you know there on the spot one gig you know we did we're one gonna get more. stuff they came to one more gig because he brought some people around with him the second time round, and uh and richard branson being one of them you know so um excuse me um and and that was it you know he signed us we carried on gigging building reputation then we um, recorded the first album in um, past street studios that uh, belongs to phil collins you know he kept wanting to come into the session and play drums but i didn't want him to <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get to that eventually I, to be honest i don't even think he remembers he owns that studio you know <laughs> but uh, you know i mean like the guy's got property all over the place so but um, no, it, it would have been nice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, would have, it would have been. Yeah. He can ideal. drum a bit. Uh, yeah, he can yeah, drum he, a bit. Yeah. He's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's all right. He's not bad, actually. Yeah. But, but we'll, um, Glenn, if you don't mind, uh, we're going to play the two songs from Dirt and Electric Gypsy back yeah. to back, and we'll talk about more one minute, one more one minute silence after this. So it's Smokes of Eden and Heaven's Mama. So I think it'll bring you fond memories. I bet, and maybe fond memories to those people listening as nice. well. So we'll be back after this. Excellent.
we're back. Of course, great tracks from the local music scene there with Dirt and Electric Gypsy, which I'll bring back fun memories for our guests today, I guess. And obviously, now we get to the best tracks of his life, I dare say. Obviously, when you come to One Minute Silence, which pretty much took over the globe. And like you rightfully said, like they were signed on the spot. And of course, they went to record at Phil Collins' studio. And obviously, we had to cut him off before we played the songs. But of course, we're going to continue that story a little bit more now. Glenn, more than anything else, I think what impacts a lot of people is when, I, I, maybe it happens to you, it happens to me at least, when people associate One Minute Silence, obviously locally, they always think, oh, that's the band Glendiani is in. Is that very surprising to you that people still know what you were doing even back then? Because considering the album, at least the first album came out 22 years ago. 22 years ago, yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm starting to feel old now. Um, no, I mean, I mean, you know, people are entitled to remember me the way they remember me. I've got friends of mine who remember me from even before that, and they keep, you know. So um, sometimes if you don't see a person every single day, you kind of uh, hold the memory of the last time you saw them or, or the, of the moments in time that you used to hang out or whatever resonates with you. So um, I don't wake up and think I'm in one minute silence or I was in one minute silence or anything you know it's only until somebody reminds me that I go oh yeah, yeah you know so but I don't know I mean sometimes it can be charming you know uh, and it can be nice sometimes um, if a conversation is only about talking backwards eventually I might get a bit bored because uh, I like to, you, you know, that I'll give you a, an, an analogy, you know, so you, there are a few different kinds of people, yeah, and you haven't seen a friend for years, and there are people who can remember funny anecdotes from things that happened in the past, and then there's people who you just make new memories there on the spot. You have a laugh about something now. And you're laughing about that rather than trying to jog your memory about things that happen. And I'm not saying it's bad to reminisce because reminiscing is good. But I'm one of those people that I would rather just talk about now and make up new memories. But I understand that that's important to people. And sometimes it might be a, a funny anecdote and, uh, you know, I will laugh at it and what have you, you know, but uh, I'm not really a backward thinker and more of a you know today and tomorrow. live in the now kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good mentality to have i think sometimes you that's great as maybe the past could have been of some positives from that past you have to move forward as to what maybe your product can go or even mm -hmm. your music can go more than anything else that happens to us at least i mean we always want to move forward obviously we these podcasts for example we record one for example then once we are one step ahead we need to set up who our next guest is going to be, case in point with you today. But it's we have to move forward all the time. And when we look back, we've recorded four episodes in the last month, which is more than we've done in the last year. And we are just amazed more than anything else as to how receptive the musicians that we've approached are. And, not, and it's not saying that local musicians are not approachable, far from it. But it's great to see that they're willing to be a part of something like this, because it's not just to talk about music in general, but it's to gather their experiences you know it's incredible because i always say it's incredible how we know maybe some something like 
Bono's favorite food, but we don't know what a local musician's favorite food is, for example. Mm. It's pretty much how we compare it, but it's it's very, for us, it's very biographical and it's very humbling to be a part of it. But the thing is, you know, um, I mean, somebody might not have the time physically, you know, to be able yeah. to handle it or whatever, but going back to when Lauri and, and Brian Torres, yeah. you know, um, when they used to give me their time, because they're trying to do something that they're passionate about, that it might be their job or anything, you know. So, you know, I've never forgotten those moments. Therefore, yeah. I understand that sometimes for somebody to complete what it is that they're passionate about or might involve me, you know. Um, so I, I would never refuse anybody my time if I physically am able to do it, you know. Um, it's not just you know about being humble or anything it's just you know being realistic and go oh man there's somebody there who's asked me really polite fashion and this and the other this is what they do and you're loving it and it's like well a few minutes of my time is gonna really sort of help this person complete this absolutely so you know I I would feel so bad about myself who I am as a person if I denied you that does that make sense you know like it it doesn't really cost me anything you know and I'm always up for a conversation anyway you know so um, it doesn't really hurt you know my initial thought was like oh no do I have to talk about like all the years and what have you but you know I'm, I'm sitting down here and some of the stuff that you've already mentioned I've gone, oh yeah, remember that? So I'm actually, you know, like I wasn't expecting having this feel-good moment, you know. Well, we try to make our guests feel good at least. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) And I think one thing that you mentioned, obviously the fact that um, people like Laurie Chris and Brian Torres, who are Gibraltar Music Hall of Famers in their own rights, we inducted them last year. Uh, when we speak about them, we, we go even further and even to present day with people, with someone that we know and love in Adrian Pisarello. Adrian oh. does the same thing with the youngsters. You know, I've seen him mentor on, uh, not even mentor sometimes, just give them factors. I was speaking to Patrick Murphy a few weeks ago and he's telling me the same thing. You know, he's like, Adrian gave us our first rehearsal room, for example, when we used to be in a band with one of his daughters. And it's stuff like that that makes, and we're very grateful to Adrian for the same thing. You know, we, I, I started this pretty much getting to know local musicians as my career six years ago this week. And when I approached the ones I knew, if they wanted to be a part of it, the first one to reply was Adrian, which is yeah. no surprise to many. But for me, it was an, not even a surprise, but it was just very gratifying because it was yeah. he was willing to give the time. That for me, I'm not a musician myself, but the fact that he had an hour of his day when he was probably finishing at five or three thirty in the afternoon, to say, okay, look, it's me at six at my rehearsal, at me at my rehearsal room. Lord and behold, six years later, it's my career. So yeah. it's I'm very grateful to Adrian for things like that, you know. And as you can be grateful to many others, he's a bit special. He is. He's a very bit special man. Like uh, I don't know, man. Uh, this has nothing to do with music or or with anything. You know, this is to do with Adrian's character. You know, um, he just happens to play music. If Adrian was a mechanic, he'd be helping everybody with their cars. Absolutely. You know, so 
um, that's what he can so that's what people sort of lean toward asking him about therefore that's what you know he gives uh, his time for but um, but Adrian is just you know something else I uh, you just have to walk down the street for five minutes with him and and yep. you know it's you know the way people embrace him you can tell that it's not just hi you're right here yeah. like people really you yeah. know feel something about him and and rightly so he deserves it man you know he deserves people he deserves the smiles you get because um this is just my my rambling and my ranting if you want you know no, but, but you know like if if you go to a hotel yeah and there's two rooms identical same layout same measurements same everything but one has a view and all of a sudden you the price is more expensive but most people are willing to pay for the view rather than facing yeah. the board or whatever you know so if you walk around frowning or angry at the world you know and you walk around like this if all of a sudden you came down the street and you saw me like this angry you'd look down or you'd look away or you look frightened or if if you see it as an intimidation thing and you're that way inclined you might you try and intimidate me back but all i'm getting is a negative face yeah makes sense yeah now if i walk around with a smile on my face and i'm good to people people will naturally smile back so my view of the world without costing me one extra penny is people smiling people bouncing when they see me the smile because it's not just a smile it's the shoulders everything like people bounce yeah. and i've noticed when i walk around with adrian you know his view of the world is that yeah. view. does that make sense and he deserves it he deserves it you know so i mean you know for for me he's just one of those type of guys you know and the thing is there's loads of them in Gibraltar you know there's yeah. loads of people that that they can walk around and nobody can tell you a bad word about them because Absolutely. of the, you know and um what a thing to take to your tombstone man you know because yeah. there's all you know like at the end of the day it's like you know how you're going to be remembered oh he was a great guitarist but man nobody could stand him nobody could be around <laughs> and you go like oh man i don't want you know i've heard stories of people you know really famous uh, you listen to their music and their albums and you go that's amazing and then you hear the stories that go with them and yeah. some of them are first hand i've had people working in my crew you know i've had like a uh, bass techs that have worked with this artist you know and he told me all the stories and what have you and i've had people in the industry that have worked with that person and you go man his music is absolutely gorgeous but yeah. he's going to be remembered as being the i don't know if you want me to swear in the no you're allowed you're allowed <laughs> no, yeah, was... I mean, yeah 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 you're going to be remembered as an asshole and yeah. to be honest i'd rather be remembered as a cool guy who could play than somebody who wrote a masterpiece but fucking asshole. it's like they say it's like that quote that says that you should never meet your heroes but because you might be disappointed and yeah, sometimes yeah. It, it doesn't always happen as i've been fortunate enough to meet some of mine but i mean even when i've met people like joey tempest from europe for example i got to interview oh, yeah. him three years ago and i was like you know what if he's like that you know i actually thought that that was always at the back of my mind surprisingly enough he's not you know he's always mm. smiling he's always talks to everyone yeah that's good man 
And those are the things that you remember. I mean, I met most of my... Um, unfortunately, some of them, I don't even have recollection of having met them. But I've seen the photograph. <laughs> uh, I was just a bit too drunk to remember, you know. Um, I'll give you an example. One of them was Jimmy Page. I, um, I, we were in this party together, the, the uh, Kerrang Awards. So I was telling my friends, that's Jimmy Page there, man. Oh, man, I've got to go and see him. But not just yet. I'm going to have a couple of drinks now. I don't really drink. The reason I don't drink anymore is because I turn into an animal if I drink. So leave me. And I don't mean just violence. Just the rule book completely disappears. Anything goes. So anyway, the end of the night, a few days later, I'm telling my friend, oh, man, I can't believe I didn't meet Jimmy Page. And I went, you did, man. You were talking to him for ages. I've got the pictures here and everything. I go, oh, no. God knows what God knows what I said to him, man. It can't be good, you know. But um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I noticed that, you know, as I started touring and stuff like that, I noticed that you know the bubble bursts and and you go like, no, it's just a guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, um, and and also as you grow up, you know, like I grew up wanting to be Staskin Hatch, then I wanted to be Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. But nowadays, I, I don't. Does that make sense? You kind of grow out of growing up wanting yeah. to be the person. I mean, if I was actually going to sort of say, like, I wish I was, it'd be Gandhi way more than Steve Harris from I Made It. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so as, as I was touring more and more, I, I didn't get starstruck. You know, like it would just be another guy working and another guy who was going through the same patterns as me. Maybe more talented, less talented, more successful, it doesn't matter. You know, and if they believe that Elton John, that's their problem, not mine. Does that make sense? Elton John is only yeah. Elton John if you treat him like Elton John. The Queen is yeah. another person. And she's only the Queen because we still allow her to be the Queen. If everybody just got the queen, the queen of war, and ignored her, she wouldn't have that power anymore. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Same yeah. with Elton John. He will always find somebody who lets him treat him like he's Elton John. Yeah. You know, just another, you know, guy who grew up with insecurities and this, that, and he worked and he had the talent and amazing talent, giving him that, yeah. you know. But um, so I realized that. It like very early, you know, so I didn't really get starstruck. Um, but I did meet people who, if I had met at a certain age, they were, guy, you know, like even my parents recognized them because my parents came to see one of my shows and I was on, on, on tour with Anthrax. I'd been on tour with Anthrax. So my mom and my dad, who know nothing about my music, recognized Scotty. You know, they go like, oh, yeah, I remember him from... And the thing is, Scott Ian hasn't changed how he looks in the last 40 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looks more or less the same. So, you know, so I've got a picture of Scott Ian with my parents and my auntie. And That's a cool memory. Yeah, yeah. Amazing memory. And amazing guy because we toured Europe with him. And we got on so well that they invited us to tour America with him. And that was our first major tour in America. And yeah. from that all snowballed and all of a sudden we got on loads of tours so um and what a guy man you know like first night we were touring um, somewhere in europe i can't remember um 
can't remember where it was. I think it might have been either Holland or Germany or somewhere. It was the first night of the tour in Europe. And Scott Ian knocked on our bus, got on our bus and uh, sat down and went, man, if there's anything I can do for you, anything you guys need, anything you're not happy with, let me know, you know, this and the other. And you're thinking like, man, this guy's been doing this for a long time. He yeah. didn't have to do this. He didn't have to knock on my bus. He could have even told me next time I meet him by the canteen or whatever, you know, by the gate, yeah. you know, but he didn't. He knocked on a bus and he sat down for hours, man, and, you know, um, tried to get us to like baseball. But I mean, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> That's an American That's game. Those kind of things. I mean, it's very funny that you mentioned that one about meeting and being starstruck. I remember meeting someone I was wearing. I was actually in Edinburgh. And I had my Breed 77 shirt on. So I was walking down the street, just minding my own business. And this guy just stopped me. Oh, you know Breed? I'm like, yeah, I know. Three of them are from Gibraltar, like me. So at that time, Peter wasn't already in the band. So it's just three. I'm like, yeah, I know them. Why? It's like, just asking me, like, mesmerized. He was like, what are they really like? I'm like, want to know the truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like you and I. You know, yeah. there's no celebrity or not even celebrity there's not even a factor where you would think the difference to you and i or me and you in particular and he's like all oh, right well send him my regards and he just fucked up you know it's like yeah but it's amazing like and then i met a few years after that i met this girl from manchester called lisa wright big shout out to lisa uh who's actually a big breed fan herself you know she's gone to see them on tour many times and I even followed the tour in general. And she's always told me, like, you know, Danny's a great guy. Obviously, Stuart's a great guy. Paul's a great guy. No surprise to many, but I mean, it's nice yeah, to yeah. hear. It's nice to hear it from other people. And yeah, yeah, of course. And when you hear it from other people, and it's like you said, you obviously it's great that they have the Gibraltar flag behind them, which everywhere they went, they always had the Gibraltar flag, no, no matter where. Mm-hmm. But it was it's those things that you remember from other from other fans. You know, there's others. Who went, ventured up to the 100 Club, or well, not the 100 Club, the Unicorn in, in Camden a few years ago at the London Gibraltar Friends Music Festival. And it was only Danny and uh, Paul from Breed, the rest of the band was just uh, Danny Jones and uh, Ossie mm. Preciado. And it, but it was Breed 77 in a, in a small scale, but everyone that went to see Breed stayed for the entire of the Gibraltarian acts. And it's that, that cult following that pretty much you remember. The smallest bands are the ones, or not even the smallest bands, the bands that you remember the most are probably either the, mo- the most humble or the ones that always have the best fan bases, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. And it definitely works. Yeah. We're going to play um, two songs, actually, now. We're going to play uh, Just That VM by Adrian, obviously, because we spoke about Adrian. And obviously, we're going to play Shadows by Breed77, which is a killer of a song. Yeah. And it's probably probably very overlooked, in my opinion, by Breed. And we'll be back off this, and obviously, we'll be playing on, on the last song, which is a one-minute silence song. So... We'll be back after this and just enjoy the tracks. That's all. Ando con 
machacado por el invasor Si en piedad ninguna es como mala leche Se hicieron dueño de todo No es mentira ni tampoco ficción Siguen haciendo con gran devoción De lo indígena en paz Señores ya está bien de abusar Roban su tierra, condenan sus leyes ¿Quién les da derecho a quitarle todo? Luego ellos ahí viven como reyes Para el indígena solo dolor No es mentira ni tampoco ficción Siguen haciendo con gran devoción De los indígenas en paz Señores ya está bien de Así que de lo indígena en paz oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Señores, ya está bien de abusado Dando a los indios la razón La historia se repetirá mil veces El egoísmo gana el corazón No es mentira ni tampoco ficción Siguen haciendo con gran devoción Déjelo indígena Así que de los indígenas en paz oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Señores, ya está bien de abusar oh, 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 oh. 
we're back. That was Breach Seven Seven with Shadows and Just Avien, but our good friend Adrian Pistero. I can actually say our for once because it's actually a, a good friend of Glenn's and a good friend of mine as well. So very grateful to play them on the show. Glenn, one thing I think people will be most amazed by, like obviously now the social media and obviously the resurgence of One Minute Silence, because obviously now there's more. I want to say more movements, and I think. Yeah. And activity, and on more than anything else, obviously you have to. It's pretty much. I always say, like with social media, it's more time to. And if you're in, it, if you're in it, it's great. But for bands and artists, it's a great platform because obviously you can up or even like post memories or anything in particular. But any truth as to maybe something happening with one minute silence? Um, I mean, we've had. You can actually review. We've had a couple of uh, false false starts, you know, um, due to whatever you know certain problems things arising in people's lives or the timing um so every now and then we do contemplate about it i've got another band that's taken me forever to try and put together because i'm a you know finding the right people <laughs> basically what it is is i found happiness on my own after the one minute silence thing i had to look for my musical happiness again and I rediscovered um, the childlike, you know, uh, version of me again. Because um, even when, even if your music is not like, you know, fabricated or whatever, but you get into a, a bit of a conveyor belt syndrome, you yep. know, which is like, even if... If you're writing, it's not for the radio or whatever, you know, but you get like an intro, a verse, a bridge, a chorus, a verse, bridge, chorus, and then you leave it, you know, that kind of thing. And it can, it, you know, people find their default setting, if you want, yeah. you know, that's your, your, your safe zone, you know. And, um, and as much as I like the bands I've done in the past, you know, but it was pretty much, you know, like you knew there was going to be a guitar here. Oh, now we add effects, but it's still a guitar and a bass and one bit. So when I wanted to to do a bit of everything, you know, like the, because my, you know, my musical influences, especially growing up, you know, they're really varied, you know. Um, so I wanted to incorporate uh, there are certain colors that you only get in world music, you know, yeah. like that. Um, there are certain <laughs> albums that are psychedelic that have got their headphones in that I love, you know. Um, but I love the certain noises in um, in psychedelic trance or Depeche Mode. They had some electronic noises that were amazing. I love that. But I love the energy in punk, and I love some of the movement in in movie score, you know. Yeah. So I've been trying to incorporate everything and still make it sound like me, you know. So it's not like a, all of a sudden it's a one country and western song and the other one's punk. What I'm saying is like incorporate. It's not an Asian album. Let's just do that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can expose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eclectic. I, I love that. You know. Yeah. Um, that's why I think that you know Adrian is one of the most important uh, musicians that has been in Gibraltar for a long time. You know, for a long, long, long time. Um, just his style, his approach, his point of view. And and we all love a bohemian. You know what I mean? Like, he's always been a bit, you know, I lean towards that as well, you know. So, um, but yeah, like, I, I've been trying to incorporate other things, you know. So, um, I found happiness, just me, 
in my little studio. And if I'm going to bring one more person in, I have to maintain that level of happiness. If not, that's the wrong person. So now there's four of us. Um, now there's uh, four of us in the in, in this current band, and we've still managed to maintain that level of happiness. But it's been an absolute nightmare trying to find the right people. Um, so there's always every now and then the guys from OMS say, "Man, we need to do this or we need to do that." Um, and lately, there's been a, a, some talk about that. Um, so first and foremost, we have to see if we meet musically. Yeah. You know, because I don't really want to get together to... I don't mind playing the old songs, but I don't want to get together to play old songs. And one of the false stats that we had was that, you know, everybody wanted different approaches for the band, you know? So we thought right now is not the time but maybe next year or maybe you know so because we don't want to do it like get together for the for the money or for or for anything you know it, it purely has to be can four guys get in a room and feel that's the best thing on the planet and it won't be because every band when they're writing and they're in that moment feel man this is the best song ever yeah. you know and then you write the next one you know that kind of thing so I'm very conscious. I'm not saying that what we're going to come up is the best thing on the planet, you know, because uh, for, for starters, I'm not David Bowie and I'm not <laughs> and so on and so on. I'm not John Lennon and Paul McCartney, you know, I mean, um, those guys set the bar way too high for me. But um, when I strive for that, it's not because I might be able to achieve it. It's because it builds character in me. You know, when we seek perfection, it's not because perfection is attainable. You know, the yeah. good thing about seeking perfection is the character it builds trying to seek it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah and so, so um, if we can actually sort of get together and go, actually, this is doing it for me just as much as it's doing it for everybody else at this present time, then we will. So we're always talking. Um, I've just been talking to Masi. Yesterday and the day before, he's been phoning me a few times, and I spoke to Yap a couple of days ago as well. So we're always talking, you know. Um, the one thing I need to see if I can juggle this band I've got now, which we're getting very close because it's like I said, I'm looking for different people, you know. Um, you know, sometimes people have the talent, but they don't have the commitment. Sometimes they have yeah. the commitment and the talent, but the colors that they use to shade music if you want to you know describe it like that they're the wrong colors you know Absolutely. or not necessarily the wrong colors they don't match you know you're trying to go for a certain you know a certain vibe and the other person is miles apart from where that is you know even though they're talented they're committed so finding the right people finding the right dancing partner is really difficult and it yeah. gets more difficult the older you get because when you're young you go to the clubs you know everybody everybody's like your friend and you need somebody and if you don't actually know the direct person you know johnny who knows kevin who knows michael you know that's how it yeah. is and when you get to my age and you don't go to clubs <laughs> you know what i mean it becomes more difficult so everything is trial and error everything is like you know you 
sometimes it's amazing that people will write down and go, oh, these are my influences or whatever. And then you listen to their stuff and you go, I'm influenced by those bands too, but we have nothing that joins us in the middle somewhere, you know, Absolutely. apart from the love from the band. But when we write, we don't write, you know, um, in, in the same way or whatever. And um, so it's taken me forever. So I don't want to, to not complete what I'm doing because I'm super excited about what I'm doing at the moment. Um, but One Minute Silence are my bros and, uh, you know, and they always will be. He toured the world and, you know, the experiences we had, the people we met and, you know, um, and what we achieved, whatever that is, you know, we achieved in a sense of like, it's made me who I am today, you know, yeah. um, and I'm very grateful for that. So, um, so there might be some activity. I'm not trying to conceal anything or, or, you know, it's not a secret. If we're going to do it, we do it. Um, yeah. And it would be, it would be really cool if we did. And if we don't do it this time round, we'll do it the next time round, you know, until we kind of meet musically. We know that, Character-wise, we meet. Yeah, you know, what I mean, that's that one's like a given, you know. So it's more when when you're together. Uh, I don't know if it happens with you and your bunch of friends, you know, like uh, when you're together, even with somebody who's exploring other styles of music or other bands or whatever, um, you know, you're still together. Therefore, it comes to you as well and what have you. but when yeah. we've been apart for a while all of a sudden you go into your own musical journey and other guy goes into his musical journey and the other guy you know and sometimes it's really hard to meet back in the middle until everybody's feeling something that can work you know Absolutely. so we did write a couple of songs with one minute silence and um, and i thought they sounded really good we never finished them and um you know it was getting there but like I said, it's getting everybody to, you know, to meet musically, you know. So, yeah. um, so who knows? It, it might happen, you know, might happen sooner rather than later. Um, it'd be cool, man. It'd be cool, you know. But like I said, the number one sort of predicament, not predicament, the number one thing that has to be there is the, the fact that we have to be in a room and feel that if that yeah. feeling is not there then it's not the right time no it, it just happens um i i am one of these people that if i contrive something it looks really obvious i cannot hide my feelings if i'm happy man the world will know it if something's not quite right everybody will know it too and and i was telling massey and i said like look the, th the thing I don't want to do, you know, especially, I, I love music. I mean, I know people say that, but um, I listen to music easily, eight, nine hours a day and, and count. Yeah. And that's without playing music. That's what I listen to. You know, I make sure that my working day involves a situation where I can listen to music all day. Otherwise, I will not be in that situation. Yeah. yeah. That's why I will never find myself in an office or in certain situations where I can't have my iPod on. 
you know. <laughs> he shot the music on the system. Yeah, yeah, our man. We yeah, can relate. You know? <laughs> so, so everything, you know, revolves around me being able to listen to music all day and then playing music, you know. So I'm constantly absorbed by music. Um, so if, if I'm feeling something, man, you will know it because just, I cannot contain it. I, you know, even if we are listening to a song, you know, um, whatever it is, you know, you're listening to Life on Mars, for example, there you go, you know, um, just because it was the last song I heard, you know, that's, <laughs> that's why it's before I actually, you know, um, switched the car off, that was the last song that came on, you know, in the car. Um, so my body does whatever, the, my facial expressions, everything. And it's really obvious. Now, if we started jamming and I didn't react that way, not only would it be unfair for me that I'm not feeling that, it would be really unfair if you came up with an idea and you were absolutely buzzing, but I cannot be buzzing with you. I yeah. wouldn't want to do that to you. And not yeah. because the idea, if the idea is not good or whatever, then we discuss that. But if it's because I'm not feeling that right now, does that make sense? You know? Yeah. And that's the thing with music, man. Like I, I, I've got bands that I absolutely love. And sometimes I go a couple of years that I go, nah, man, I'm not feeling, you know, I'll play a song or whatever. And I go, it's not the right time. That's why I've learned not to, not to discredit something too quickly or to push it away. Yeah. When somebody recommends me something, I will listen to it. If I'm not feeling it, I'll put it on my iPod. And, you know, I'll give it a few weeks and what have you. Because sometimes I'll have an album for like eight months that a friend of mine passed me. And I kind of went, it's all right. It's all right. Next thing I know, I either give it another go or I have, I've got the iPod on shuffle and the song comes on and I go, what the hell is this? So I look it up and I go, how oh, is that? I play the album. And it becomes the album that I just cannot put down. Yeah, music is like marmite. Well, some music at least is it's whether you like it, or you love it, or you hate it. And it's like you said, sometimes music does grow on you eventually after a while. Yeah, sometimes it's the, the right frame of mind for the song. Yeah, you know, because you might be feeling really energetic that week, or for, you know, and this is too melancholic and too quiet. Or you might not. You're going like, oh man not another rock band, not another rock band, because right now you might be go, listening to a lot of uh, Peter Gabriel and Depeche Mode and Bjork and yeah. those electronic stuff, you know. But then all of a sudden you go, oh, and then you rediscover loud guitars, you know, a few months later, and that album is the one that does it. So it goes... It so does indeed. I mean, you can't... The power eat, of music. Yeah, you can't eat steak. And chips every day even though steak and chips might be your favorite thing but you can't eat every day because you get bored you know that's how it is so, you know so i'm hoping that you know we still have that connection musically um, and i'm hoping that we are all arriving at that particular point at the same time you know if if we see that our heads are a bit too sort of um, distant from each other you know then we'll We'll just wait a bit until until we are, you know, it's like yep. anything, you know, so, but um, yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm that's pretty it. sure we can stay tuned to 
social media, like you mentioned, obviously the band is pretty much active on social media, posting memories and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Once the seed is planted, I'm pretty sure we'll be the first ones to find out. Once <laughs> I mean, that's always like a yeah, something that instigates things because people will comment. And, yeah. Um, obviously, I I don't read the comments, but I understand because I've actually been around when. I've seen comments and what you know, and the guys have been telling me, and I know how easy it is to get uh, really emotional about the comments, you know, because some people are passionate about it. You have to yeah. remember, I don't see myself as anything other than Glenn, you know, but just like Steve Harris had a huge impact on me, or Bob Marley had a big impact on me, and what I have met people who I've had that impact on. You know, yeah. I mean, I always tell them to aim higher, you know, <laughs> you know, when people say that to me, I go, man, but have you heard the Beatles? Have you heard this? Have you heard that? Right. Zeppelin? You know, so I always tell them to aim, aim a bit higher, man. Don't be so easily pleased. But that was their moment, their time and their situation that made them, you know, a mess fan. So, um, so sometimes it's really easy to, to get really emotional and, and stuff over somebody else's comments, you know. So I can see how, you know, the guys have read some comments and, you know, they're enthusiastic about it. So, and there's a quote that goes, intrigue is the best form of marketing, and that couldn't be more true than that. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, say we're the kings of that. They didn't really yeah. know some of it. And uh, I think I. It's not that I prefer one or the other, because sometimes it's nice to be able to see interviews and what have you, you know. But I think everything is too available now, sometimes. Yeah, you know I mean? no, like, like, no rarities anymore. And, and there's no mystique, you know. Back in the day, they released an album every now and then, there'd be a couple of interviews and what have you, and then there'd be a tour, and you'd go and see him on tour. There's, there was no, like, I can see you every day. Yeah. you know kind of thing so um to a certain degree it, it kind of dilutes the magic if you want you know of like oh my god there is um oh there's the band oh there's the new album you know now we've actually seen footage of them in the rehearsal room so many times i'm constructing the songs and now if they try a little bit on a live uh, show a, a new song it's on youtube so now everybody's heard a yeah. really shit quality version of it you know or whatever and by the time the album comes you it might still be like good but it's lost the you know because if you hear something back in the day we used to try new songs yeah uh, it was done and dusted you just had it at the moment by the time the album came out you probably didn't remember it or if it was a catchy song then everyone did but you know what i'm saying like you just... sometimes it's the lesser known tracks that are better on the album that the ones that are more popular does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm no, I do like songs that are huge singles, but I'm a album track guy. You know, yeah. like that's where, you know, I mean, I know we've discussed like Life of Mars, that was a single, but I love like way more obscure songs that, from David Bowie that never made it to be a single. And I go like, oh my God, that's my favorite song you know yeah and they're not my favorite because then five minutes later i'll go oh no no this one is my favorite because <laughs> yeah. that's how it is you know it is so, I agree. but um 
and I always love the bands that had the, you know, the album songs. And I don't mean album songs that they were just not good enough to be a single, but they were formatted for them to be single. I mean, the ones that actually went out and wrote album songs, you know, and some of the songs I do are like seven, eight minutes long. And, and I'm not trying to write long songs either. Um, I'm, I'm trying to let the note before dictate what the note after, you know. So yeah. if, if the note before says, that's the last one, that's the last note. If it says, look, we're going to go on for another two days, we're going on for another two days, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the way it goes. <laughs> well, Glenn, unfortunately, we've got no time left. And obviously, even though we've got no curfew, it doesn't really matter. But it's, it's good that we're going to play this song because this is actually... The song that introduced my, my well, I was introduced by like yeah, to listen to One Minute Silence way back in 2000. And when I listen, think about it now, it's it amazes me the fact that 20 years have gone past. And more than anything else, it, it amazes me that 20 years later I'm still listening to it the same way I did back then. And this is Rise and Shine, of course. It's probably at least it's my favorite because it's got a very uh, special significance to me. So we're going to play that now. But before we do, all we can do is thank you for your time. Oh, thank been, you for the invitation, man. It's been a great pleasure. And we can't get carried away without thanking Danny Felicia for making this happen. Obviously, Danny got put me into contact with you. And obviously, Lord and behold, we've had, got an interview here. And of course, we've got to thank our dearest sponsors at Ciconian Speed for not only sponsoring the GLMS, but sponsoring this podcast in particular. We're very grateful to them. It's been a very great adventure to talk to you about music. Obviously, we can probably talk about more once your new projects is underway. And obviously, once it's out there, we can talk a little bit more about that. Cool, man. Well, you know how to get a hold of me now. So um, whenever you need anything else, man, just give us a shout. You know? Much appreciated. And we always end the show by saying that keep on supporting local music, because when you do, you're keeping local music alive and there is no better way to describe everything that we do and everything that you've done as well. We can't forget the ones that have paved the way, including people like yourself. So thank you for your time, Glenn, thank and we'll be back in, in a few days, obviously with a, another brand new episode, obviously the guests keep on coming and it's great for us and it's great for the listeners. So to, if you've listened to this, we're very humbled. Thank you for listening and we'll, back, we'll be back in a few days with more straight out of Gibraltar. Thank you, Glenn, and right. take care. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. Another day, another dollar. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. Another day, another dollar. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. Another day, another dollar. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. My God, it's good to see you. Another day, another dollar Another day, another dollar Another kid in a corporate color Why are we getting black over? I'm all sick of the no one and no one to me I'm all sick of the no one and no one to me I can't see it to be it to be it to be I can't be what the world can't be to me I wake up and the world just sits for me My God, it's good to see ya My God, it's good to see ya My God, it's good to see ya Another day, another dollar My God, it's good to see ya my God, it's good to see ya. My God, it's good to see ya. Another day, another dollar. Another page, another chapter. 
miss an episode by subscribing to the show wherever you access your podcasts by searching for GLMS Podcasts.